Hey everybody, this is Reese. I want to thank you for listening in on this very strange but very necessary Nicholas Cage podcast. The episode you're about to hear, we actually hope to release before Christmas, but life got in the way, and so we're releasing it now in January of the new year. Our Cageless series highlights movies without Nicolas Cage that we really want to talk about, and in this episode, we're looking at the 1996 Christmas comedy, Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. We talk a bit about the film, about some of our favorite toys growing up, and finally, what's ahead for Late Night Cage Fight. I hope you all had a very happy holiday season. 2021 looks like it may be another wild ride, but hang in there. Our goal with this podcast is just to share our love of movies and, ideally, to make you laugh. And now, this is Cageless. Jingle all the way. Cageless! On the We are Late Night Cage Fight. Welcome back. We are the arbiters of the cage verse here with another cageless episode looking at a fantastic holiday film that I think we all like, at least Cage Fighter Sean and myself, Cage Fighter Reese. We're big fans of, I don't know about you, Cage Fighter Steve. Oh, we're not cage fighters. I always forget. This is a little more casual than our ultra serious, you know, WWE style battle podcast, right? It's really serious. Super serious. Are you a fan, Super. Steve? Yeah, I really I enjoyed it. I, I'd seen it once before, uh, or at least once before. Um, so I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I know this movie when I started watching it. Yeah. I don't Good. think... I'm, I'm excited to hear you talk about that. I, I, I don't think that there's anything casual about uh, the Lord Jesus Christ on his birthday. I didn't mean to imply anything. Sorry, Sean. It's, it's it's the war on Christmas. The, uh, yeah, it is a war. And that's one theme of Jingle All the Way we'll get into later is the eternal war on Christmas that's only getting worse every year. And I'm sick and tired of it. And I don't see anything being done about it. That's one reason why I made this podcast. Um, I thought Nick Cage fans would unite to help us defeat this once and for all. But yeah, anyway, I guess I should talk a little bit about our podcast, Late Night Cage Fight. Normally, we talk about Nick Cage movies because um, I, what else would you want to talk about, right? What else is there out there? I mean, I guess there's some video games that are kind of cool. A couple books. Antiquing. Antiquing. Antifa. Is that still a thing? Crochet. Right. So it's just, there's so much that we've already covered with Nick Cage, we've decided to kind of veer off the beaten path and explore some of the movies we grew up with and have loved over the centuries, over the years. And one of those is Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. I do not want to touch his ass. I want to make him talk. And Sinbad, directed by Brian Levant, written by Randy Cornfield. It's got Phil Hartman in it. Randy. It was Phil Hartman's. Phil Hartman. It was his last role, actually, before his death. 1996 is when this came out. Didn't receive a lot of critical acclaim, but I think it's actually aged well, and it's become kind of a cult classic. This is a movie that I, I've i seen countless times since I was a kid, and, uh, you know, to, to be completely honest, I'm not really the biggest fan of the Christmas season, uh, having worked at retail a lot in the past, uh... 
You're a Grinch. A little bit. Uh, I tend to like more of the uh, Halloween season. Uh, Not really a big fan of uh, the snow um, or crowds. Uh, and so you're a fan traffic. of the Hall- you're a fan of the Halloween season of the goth season, gothic season, and that's then that's why you had me watch that Beowulf trailer, right? Absolutely. This is Beowulf from what year was it? 1999 with Christopher Lambert. Yeah, I'd never even heard of it. Um, so I just watched the trailer. Yeah. So like I was saying, Jingle All the Way. It's it's one of those cult classic Christmas films. That uh, a lot of people love even today, despite having bad reviews. There's a lot of classic Christmas movies that uh, didn't have great reviews, like um, I think A Christmas Story. What What are some other holiday classics? Where do you think Jingle All the Way falls in between or with these other movies, like Home Alone? The Santa Claus was a big one in my house. We used to watch that every year with uh, Tim Allen. Elf is a popular one, Steve. You were talking about Elf. You're an Elf fan. So I'm a little distracted because I, I think I watched the wrong movie. Did you guys, where did you guys watch this? Because I, I pulled it up, searched for it, and it actually came up on this website, um, xnxx.com. Jingle all the way. Is that not where you guys watched it? I, I think you're thinking of Jingle All the Wang. Oh, yeah, uh, another. You're right. You're another right. holiday classic uh, uh, of a different ilk, we will say. Yeah, and maybe even a different language or country. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's my bad. All right, so we're 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 talking the Schwarzenegger movie. I'll get that toy. I promise. It's Christmas Eve, my and Dad is in a bind. It seems the hottest toy. Come on, rather hard to find. Damn Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jingle All the Way, rated PG. You watched the wrong one, Steve. If the, I can't keep letting this happen. How did you end up on that site? What happens? I told you, I just went into Google and I typed in Jingle All the... Oh, you're right, I did. I typed Wang. Uh, mm. Did you like Elf? Are you an Elf fanatic? Are you an Elf? Um, I, I don't know that I would say... Um, that I'm an elf fanatic. Um, I've, I've seen it before. It's uh, I'm usually not a Will Ferrell fan, like at all. Um, but that's one of the few movies that I can kind of get behind. I do like Ferrell. Yeah. I lived with some people that were fanatics of that movie, and they insisted that we watch it every year. So I've seen it. Been around the block, you know. I've never seen it. No. Well. So, Sean, I, is Jingle All the and, Way then your favorite Christmas movie? So, growing up, it was it, the two like main movies that I would watch around the holidays were probably the Santa Claus, uh, Jingle All the Way, and not by my choice, but uh, A Christmas Story. If I never see A Christmas Story ever again, I'd, that's fine. So we never actively tried to watch it. It was just on, like, repeat on the TV. It was the only movie they ever played on TV, I felt like. TNT. My, my yeah, my my family always has it on in the holidays, and I, I, I just don't care. I yeah. 
What about you, Steve? <laughs> um, for me, growing up, uh, I was a lot of uh, Miracle on 34th Street and um, usually just regular beatings. You gotta beat your kids, folks. Please. You would you would get beat at home? Yeah, or or sometimes it was just casual psychological abuse. It was uh huh for Christmas. Hit or miss. Yeah, usually just the entire Christmas uh, season. Actually, it wasn't reserved for just a single day. It would usually just be periodically dispersed throughout the entire season. That way, you never truly knew when it was coming, and it was always a surprise, which kept it interesting. So the holidays are a particularly stressful time for you. Yeah, yeah, one might say. Do you guys consider Die Hard a Christmas movie? Because I do. Sure. I remember seeing Jingle All the Way as a kid, and I don't know how many times I watched it, but I really, really loved certain parts of it. I loved the opening. I loved the ending. And there was a lot that I had forgotten going back and rewatching it that I remember I did like and enjoy, but I think I was a bit confused as a kid. Jingle All the Way, I feel like it's really a movie for the grown-ups. You know, they kind of sugarcoat it with stuff for kids to make it kind of a feel-good thing. But uh, when you, you know, look at really what's going on in this movie, it's really, it's kind of like a cartoon for adults, live action style. That's kind of the way I interpret it. it, it it's got, it's got some pretty uh, adult themes, we'll say. Yeah. For that time, I think those jokes, some, some of the stuff that happens in this movie, um, you could get away with. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Howard Langston, a salesman who sells mattresses. I didn't know that. I didn't realize he sold mattresses. Yeah, it's just right at the beginning, real quick. He's in his office. 200 king size per next Friday. No problem whatsoever, but only for you, Mr. Jacobs. You're my number one customer. But, uh, yeah, poor Arnie is not the world's best dad in this movie. At least not starting out. He's not a Robin Williams. We all have needs, Kyle. Needs? What, what are you talking about? Masturbation You're, is natural. Oh, you know it's not natural. What? Talking about jerking off with your dad. That's not natural. Don't Shit. Do. And his son, Jamie, who is played by Anakin Skywalker. Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd. Yeah. The one thing they, they can't get away with, casting him. He is pretty good in this. Probably better than in Star Wars. Yeah. The gist of the movie really is Jamie wants one thing for Christmas, and it is the hot item. I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move, and the boomerang suitor, and the rock and roll jetpack, and the realistic voice activator that says five different phrases, including... When the movie starts, we it, it opens up with pretty much a scene from an episode of the Turbo Man show which is the way that they shoot it is very accurate to something like Power Rangers or, a, you know, a Japanese-style um, team superhero show. And it's, it's super exciting, even as an adult, to, to see that. And you can understand why kids um, are instinctively drawn to this kind of marketing. And then um, the, the rest of this movie is essentially 
Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to find this toy to give to his son for Christmas after promising it to him because he's not a great dad, right? He's he for, he wasn't able to show up to his son's uh, karate award ceremony. Um, it's made known that all of these different experiences he's not having with his son and his son is starting to resent him and also his wife too. They're all disappointed in him. So he has to now scour, scour the, the city for a Turbo Man doll, but he runs into Sinbad who is, you know, typical Sinbad. He's a postal worker in this movie um, who's also trying to find the doll for his son. Hey, I'm not going home without that doll! Um, there's a part where Sinbad is uh, toppled to the floor, and he's, he's, it's like a dog pile with all these other shoppers at the mall. And he says, Rodney King. Rodney King! That's pretty controversial. It's controversial, right? But at that time, mm-hmm. I feel like it, w- it was more acceptable to laugh at social things. Whereas now, it's considered um, distasteful and you're likely to get canceled. Or demonetized. Or demonized. It's it's Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to find the Turbo Man doll in a race against time versus Sinbad, and it's a it's just a series of increasingly ridiculous circumstances that uh, he has to endure, leading up to this parade on Christmas Eve, where uh, yeah we get we get this awesome kind of uh, exciting action sequence where Arnold accidentally plays the role of Turbo Man and saves the day and becomes the hero. He becomes the character. How how many millions of dollars did they spend on that suit? Right? For For a parade? Yeah. They they essentially built, like, an an Iron Man suit. Yeah, man. Like a functioning... with a jetpack... Which I would understand a jetpack with like some minor like hovering, but I think full on like flew around the city. He he flew up like like at least ten miles up in the air or whatever. Like he was on top of skyscrapers. Yeah. Yeah, it just descends into chaos. It just into surrealism. The the longer this movie progresses, right? Yeah, it kind of like, dabbles in it at the beginning and it gets more and more cartoony. Do you guys remember this movie as a kid? How did you feel when you saw it? I've always thought that this movie was pretty entertaining. <laughs> Howard, by the way, they say it may get icy later. You might want to wrap some chains around those tires. Maybe you should drive some chains around you. What? Can't forget about Phil Hartman. He plays Ted, the uh, quote-unquote up- obnoxious neighbor who, uh, he fucks. Ted, I was wondering if you'd mind taking a look at my porch light. It just doesn't seem to be working, and uh, you being such a handyman. Sure, I've got just the tool for the job. Yeah, I, I like that part of it. It's um, there's so many subtle references, sexual references, actually, that are some are borderline uncomfortable watching with your kids, like when yeah. um, when Ted is at their house while Arnold is gone 
trying to find a Turbo Man. So Ted has kind of like taken over as the man of the house. I, I, I missed it when I watched it recently the first time. I totally missed the part when he put the lights on Arnold's house when he wasn't there. Yeah, I see you didn't have Christmas lights up this year, so I thought I'd do y'all a favor. How weird is that? I, I, I would hate that man so much. Oh, he, he plays that so well. Just, he just, he has that shit-eating grin. The way that this is written, this is a movie, I, I don't feel like it had a, uh, what do you call it, like a quality assurance team. You know what you guys are? Nothing but a bunch of sleazy con men in red suits. It, well, it didn't have studio control. You know what I mean? It's just like, we're going to do this crazy stuff and we don't care how people feel about it. We're going to write, we're going to have Phil Hartman's character um, bring home a reindeer because that's hilarious. And then later we're going to have Arnold punch the reindeer in the face. And then get it drunk. <laughs> and then get it drunk. You picked the wrong day. Was that an animatronic? I feel like that was an animatronic. That was really well done, wasn't it? It seemed like, to me, I thought it was a mix of a live reindeer and some kind of animatronic. But they did a good job convincing you that it could be real. You, you could tell that it, it, it was not a real reindeer, but, like, it was believable. According to IMDb, 20th Century Fox offered Schwarzenegger the project after the development on a remake of Planet of the Apes uh, fell apart. And I guess that was a project he was really looking forward to doing. And um, do you guys remember that remake? It's kind of lackluster, I think. Wasn't there like a Tim Burton Planet of the Apes? Oh, in like the early 2000s? Yeah. I, I never actually saw it, but I... I know when it came out, I wasn't too enthused by it. Um, an another fun fact, many of the lines in this movie said by Sinbad and Arnold were improvised. Really? Yeah, I mean, with Sinbad, it's obvious, right? He's a comedian, he's sharp, quick on his feet when he's uh, rambling on and on. But with, with Arnold, that's kind of impressive. I think Arnold is probably a funny guy. You know, he, he can probably uh, handle himself pretty well in a comedy without too much direction. The story is based on the 1980s shopping frenzy over the Cabbage Patch dolls. If you haven't seen that video, there's actually a video on YouTube that, um, yeah, documents that craziness. The latest awful example of pre-Christmas selling hype to hit America. Cabbage Patch dolls. In Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, it was a near riot. One woman broke her leg. Four others were hurt. One store official armed himself with a baseball bat. Hold it! Hold you know, when, when I was uh, standing in line to pre-order the Wii back in like, oh, what was it, like 2004 or whatever, it was so hard to find then that I ended up waiting for waiting in line overnight for a pre-order at uh, Toys R Us. Could have had, had the chance to buy a Tickle Me Elmo. I remember that craze. Yeah, it was the, uh, the TMX. The Tickle Me Elmo Extreme. Really? Yeah. No, that I'm not even kidding. That That is what it is called. I remember when Furbies came out, <laughs> and I had to wait in line. I, had, I waited in a line with my friend and his parents for Furbies, and they gave me money and said, hey, um, just pay them for the Furby when you get to the front. Okay. 
and I didn't really understand. I was pretty young, but I thought that I was going to get a Furby, and then my mom would pay them back. But no, they brought me along so that I could buy them an extra Furby so that they could resell them. <laughs> Dude, it was your first problem. problem. Yep, that was uh, that sucked. I think it was Kmart. Two hours of waiting for these things. That's that's actually a light day comparatively. We've done worse. Yeah, we have. Well, I mean, we've yeah, we've done worse just in this season. Us kids. Yeah, you 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 sell in thousands of PS5s at insane prices. What? Yeah. What are some other iconic toys from our childhood? I remember when I was a kid, I liked to collect Beetlejuice action figures, aliens from movies I liked, but then later, I think the collectibles really started to peak for me when we got into Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. There were the uh, the T.Y. Beanie Babies. That was another big craze. That was a thing that I never got into and I never understood. Yeah, that same friend, yeah. um, his family, they were all into Beanie Babies, buying, trading, selling. And I mean, I thought yep. they were kind of cool, but I didn't understand how they were kind of like a, I, I don't know, like a commodity that you would want to sell and trade and buy. I was into them. I thought they were cool when I was younger. I thought that there were certain ones. There was a dragon one that I liked. There was a wolf one that I thought mm-hmm. was cool. But when I would meet like these old ladies with a bunch of bears. It's kind of funny because uh, Funko Pops, that's basically what everyone thought Beanie Babies were going to be. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Because like, you can legitimately... I was into those for a while. And I got out of it, and I think I actually like profited on <laughs> on my uh, collection of that. The Funko there Pop. There was one that I sold. Yeah, there were there was one that I I think I I bought it for. It was a, a Comic Con exclusive uh, Vault Boy Freddy Funko of like Funko's mascot, and it was like limited to. 700 or something and I I sold it for I think like 400 bucks well what what were your toys your Christmas toys as a kid Nintendo 64 oh yeah that that was a big one that was always Christmas was always my time to uh, ask for game consoles what about before you got into game consoles. What were the kinds of things you would ask for Christmas? I was in, I was like really into Crazy Bones. Remember those? Crazy Bones? No. They were these little like plastic figurine things with just like weird faces. And I guess there would be like some kind of game you would play with them. You know, I don't recognize these guys, but I w- I was into. I was into Muscle Men. Steve, did you ever see my Muscle Men? I did. I remember them. And I still have quite a Muscle Man collection. They, they're little figurines like this, but they're, uh, they're wrestlers, and they're different um, creatures, too. They're jacked, and they, they look like they should be fighting in a ring. And I found out later that they're actually from Japan, and they're from the series uh, Kinikuman. Oh, yeah. Which uh, was 
The sequel uh, came to the U.S. as Ultimate Muscle. Right. Yeah, and they were they're oh, popular. Okay. They're popular here. They're popular in the U.S. and in Japan. That that GameCube game for uh, Ultimate Muscle is amazing. Is it? Yeah, I love my Muscle Man. What about you, Steve? What What were your toys as a kid? I know you had G.I. Joe. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, but a lot of the G.I. Joes I had were all, like, leftovers from my brothers. I'm trying to remember any of the the Christmas things that I got. Big Bad Beetleborgs. Big Bad Beetleborgs. Yeah. When I was a kid, I, uh... I, I had an Ultraman, like, enemy... And I didn't find out until I was an adult that it was an Ultraman character. It was always, it was just like some random monster that I got. Yeah. And they still make and sell those in Japan. You'll see them at toy stores. All these crazy different monsters. And you just think, oh, are these generic villains? And then, uh, yeah, if you didn't know, right? Um, But no, they're all from Ultraman because there's just tons of different designs. Mm Mm-hmm. I had, a, I had a bunch of Godzilla toys when I was growing up. That's cool. Did you keep them? You know, I, th- I think I probably still have them somewhere at my parents' house. Yeah, those I think could be worth something. Yeah, I remember one year, I um, and I, I had to have been like like seven or something, and my, my dad told me that there was a, a movie called Godzilla vs. Megalon, and for some reason, I... I thought that there was no possible way that that was real and he was just like he was just fucking with me i'm like there's no godzilla versus megalon that's ridiculous and then he and they got on vhs for christmas there you go son it's real and so is godzilla since we're kind of on the on the topic there were there was something that i wanted to mention uh on Disney Plus, they just released this documentary series about Marvel called 616, and they basically just like talk about different Marvel things. And the first episode was all about the Japanese Spider-Man TV show, and it was just this story of basically this American guy who was married to a Japanese woman and would always go back and forth between the two countries and you know manga was really popular and so he essentially approached marvel about licensing the rights to marvel characters to japan and they basically came up with that they went to toei and they essentially came up with this show which basically was kind of the precursor to things like power rangers and stuff and like Spider-Man, like, was Spider-Man, but he also had a giant robot sphinx that transformed into a giant robot. Yeah. And, like, yeah. And I just thought it was interesting that, uh, that that show basically, like, kicked off such, like, a massive thing in Japan. And then the story about how Saban acquired Power Rangers... And made it huge mm-hmm. in the states. That's also interesting as well. I, I'd 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 recommend uh, checking out that that episode of that documentary though, because it the people that were involved they like interview all of them and they were actually very passionate about it. And they actually said like when they came back to Marvel and had them review 
what the guy had created, the executives were all just like, who the hell is going to want to watch this? Okay. Like, what? what is this? And then Stan Lee was there watching with them, and he stood up and started clapping, and he just, like, loved it. That's awesome. All right, for me, I had one Christmas where I wanted a silver Buzz Lightyear, and I didn't get it. And I was, uh, I was pretty broken up about that. I lost my faith. I lost my, my respect for my family and my friends. I think I eventually got one, though, so my life turned around shortly after. But, um, you know, in Jingle All the Way, there's that scene where they're in the, the diner and Sinbad is telling his story when he didn't get his toy as a kid. But his friend got that toy for Christmas and his friend became, what, like CEO of some company? So it's true. If you don't get your kids what they ask for on Christmas, there are severe psychological effects. Just remember that. It's true. Just remember that. People out there looking for a PS5. You know, you got to do what you got to do. If uh, somebody else has a PS5, you might consider breaking into their house and stealing it. Like like he does in this movie. That's what Arnold yeah. does. Yeah. Although he does regret yeah. it. Mm-hmm. He does finally wake well, up. Well, he doesn't regret breaking into the house. He regrets stealing from a child. He doesn't regret breaking into the house or setting it on fire or punching the reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, Phil Hartman's screw that guy i'm just saying if you're gonna if you're gonna steal a ps5 yeah steal one from an adult that's all i'm saying not from uh, a kid. all i'm gonna say is if you're gonna try to sleep with somebody's wife maybe not maybe not choose the seven foot tall austrian man guys i i have been a huge arnold fan my entire life I just love him in these roles. I just love the fact that he took these roles because they're so unlike his action movie star roles. And then I had to think about what would it be like if it was Nick Cage as the father character in this? Could he really pull it off? I think he he would do it, though, because he loves superheroes. I feel like it would probably be like his, uh, his role in Family Man. I don't know. I... I feel like it would be entertaining, but what Arnold does somehow, this might be me being biased as a kid and liking Arnold as an actor as a kid, um, and, and really being able to believe that he was this kid's dad in these movies. I don't think I could feel that way with Nick. With Nick, I'd feel like, oh, it's Nick Cage pretending to be this kid's dad. You know what I mean? So... Truthfully, though, if we're talking if we're talking Cage and and his role in this movie, he would he would be the neighbor. Yeah, because I think the chemistry between him and Arnold would be pretty flawless because he would have no problem standing up to Arnold. But he would want to be a superhero. He would do a way better. He would want to be a superhero, but he's also really good at playing the sleazebag, too. I think he would have done a better job at the the sexual innuendos and so so instead of Phil Hartman we get Nick Cage Zandalee. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh yeah, I, I I feel like he he could have also played Sinbad's role. It would have been a different kind of humor. 
I think, with mm -hmm. Nick in that role. Yeah. But I think he could have pulled it off too. Yeah, I, I think he wouldn't have wanted just, to, he wouldn't have wanted to be Dementor or whoever it is. He wouldn't want to have that big brain. He I think he would have negotiated a cooler looking outfit. Just, isn't there like I just a have newer? This bomb. I just want the Turbo Man. To, just I just have this bomb and that they send through the mail. All right, all right. Since you bring that up, Sean, there... there's only one shot in this movie that I don't like, really, and that that's saying a lot. I, I think every Pretty much every scene is entertaining to me now, as an adult, when I watch it. I can appreciate every scene. But there's there's just one where I think, wow, if, if, if they hadn't gone this far, I think it would have been funnier. And it was the bomb scene where, th so Arnold and Sinbad, they hear on the radio that the radio station is going to give out um, to the winner of their contest, they're going to give a free Turbo Man. So they race to the station to... Uh, claim their prize as winners and Sinbad who's a postal worker then he uses his uh, his secret weapon which he's since he's a, a postal guy um, he's got a bomb and a package and then of course when he when he throws the the package down it's it's a ploy it's not really a bomb I mean that's ridiculous right but then when the police come he throws he has another package that the this this cop who keeps showing up throughout the movie so I understand why they had to do it, but this package actually blows up. There's an explosion. And you don't see it blow up, right? You see it from outside the building, and then you see the explosion through the windows. And then Sinbad says, uh, he says something like, um, people, that was real? Oh, people are sick these days. Sick people in this world. That's what he says. And I thought, it. then they show the police officer you know, he's got the black soot on him and just like a cartoon, basically, when you see a cartoon character yeah. that's been blown up. That was that was the only scene I thought was like, oh, that's so cartoony, kind of cheesy. But I get it because they keep using this same police officer as a, kind of a punching bag. Every time he gets caught up with Arnold and Sinbad, um, something bad happens to him, right? He gets the coffee spilled on him. What else? Uh, he's he's also right at the beginning. He's the he's the cop that pulls over Arnold, who's speeding to get to his son's karate tournament. Yeah, he goes off on the on the shoulder on the highway. Obviously, he gets pulled over because there's a traffic jam. And <laughs> but I, I I get the sense that they the writers probably experimented with the dark humor, and then kind of had to see what worked and didn't work, and maybe. By having that blow up and then just leave it at that, like, making us think that those cops died, that was probably too far. But I thought, you know, in my world, that would be pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's dead. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> it's like, hilarious. wow. Yeah. They took it that far, but, you know, they, they pushed the limits in other respects, right? There's a scene where um, they're at the mall, and they find out... I have to say, I like how the plot is redirected by these outside influences that uh, it's the equivalent of like the character receives a letter in the mail and, and that changes the story. So in this one, it's somebody screams like, oh, they got a Turbo Man at 42nd Street KB Toys. We got to go. Go, let's go. It's just, it's just some character, right? It's just some guy. And then everybody flocks to that. To that location 
and it just changes uh, it changes the story. So they end up at the mall, America, Mall of America. They end up there and they find out they find out that if they if they can get a ball with a number on it that there is a drawing, right? It's like the Powerball, then they have a chance to buy Turbo Man. But if, but if they don't, then they have plenty of his faithful sidekick Booster. Oh, you know, we got to talk about Booster. If you're not one of the lucky few, we have plenty of Turbo Man's faithful pet tiger Booster in stock. We don't want it! We don't want it! Nobody likes you, Booster. Oh, what? Now listen. Nobody likes Booster. Nobody likes Booster. As a kid, I thought Booster looked cool. I hadn't seen a monster that looked like him before. Yeah, I thought he looked like a like a Power Rangers type. Uh, it was straight out of the 80s. Well, and this goes back to the psychological, you know, effect of not getting what you wanted. You guys are used to getting subpar bullshit gifts, so. <laughs> Well, what was my point though about about the mall scene? Oh, uh, that they they make a, a joke about uh, about child predators. Oh yeah, yeah. He chases. So Arnold tries to get the ball, loses the ball, chases the ball through the mall, ends up um, on the first level in this play place with his kid. Yeah, that, there's some it. dark humor there, right? He's in the ball pit. And the parents are like, oh, perf, there's an adult in the ball pit. Oh, he's a perf. He wants to f***. <laughs> We're not live. You being such a handyman. I mean, he does, he does, like, gra- the girl, like, puts the ball in her mouth and Arnold, like, basically <laughs> grabs her. Was it a girl? See, everybody had a bowl yeah. cut at that time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they say, uh... Oh, little girl here, uh, I have a shiny red ball. Want to trade? Did you guys notice, oh, you know, what I was getting at was actually, after that, the mall Santa. Jim Belushi. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jim Belushi is playing Santa, but this Santa, he's not, he's not really a, he's not really a clean, uh, jolly, fat Santa. He's actually a scam artist, and we get this scene where he follows this Santa to his lair, to buy a Turbo Man at his compound with, you know, it's like his own elf this workshop is- with people dressed up as Santa and elves, but they're like making their own toys there, their own knockoff toys. Mm-hmm. And once Arnold <laughs> realizes that he's been scammed, um, we get this amazing fight scene. It's like, it's like the Matrix, but with Santa's. Right. <laughs> and then did you guys notice the big show? Was the big Santa? Yeah. I'm gonna deck your halls, Bob. <laughs> and he has the giant, uh, what is it? The giant candy cane, and he breaks it over. God, him. I love it. It's just, it's so funny. It's so, it's just so bizarre. You would never expect to see something like this in a Christmas movie. And and they have the the kung fu Santas that have candy cane nunchucks. <laughs> And then, and then, um, there's a bus, and the police show up to shut the operation down, and, uh, Arnold doesn't know what to do, right? He, he doesn't, he, he's still gotta find this toy. That's the most important thing. So, he's looking around, and he sees a toy, a toy, um, what is it, FBI badge? Detective badge? Yeah. <laughs> he picks that up, and then shows it to the cop. Says, yeah, I'm, uh, Agent, uh, Agent Schwarzenegger, um... 
and they believe it. And it's funny. You know, it's kind of got that... Uh, have you guys seen Airplane? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. The, the, the nunchuck Santa, was that... Was that uh, Tony Jaa? <laughs> I wish. You'd think that for... Um, I, I didn't want to bring this up, but you'd think that in Jingle All the Way 2, you'd have Tony Jaa in it. Come on. We don't we don't talk about that movie. There is no mm-hmm. jingle all the way to. I actually I I was curious because I never saw the trailer or anything for that and uh I guess he's trying to Larry the cable guy is trying to find like a talking bear for his daughter. Already sounds terrible. No turbo man. Ta ta turbo man. What was cool about jingle all the way is this this was really for little boys who loved cool things like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Power Rangers. This was a movie for them and parents to get something out of. And you just you don't see that, that kind of uh, like hyper adrenaline, you know, type of movie for kids. It's just refreshing to have a holiday movie like this that you can enjoy as an adult or a kid. I'm not saying that girls can't appreciate it, but I just, I love the hyper-masculinity in this one. More like toxic masculinity. Well, I mean, there are lessons to be had, right? It's a good lesson for parents, for dads. Listen to your kids. He didn't listen to his son when his son was like, you know, this is what I want for Christmas. And Arnold is like, oh, that's, that sounds, yeah, that sounds cool, right? And then the next day, his wife's like, yeah, um, did you get the toy that he told you to get him? Uh, what toy? You know? He's, he's, he ignores his kid. And that, that's the point of the movie. That's what he's supposed to learn in the end. And, uh, he's- and in the end, he, he learned that uh, the real thing that he wanted all along was his father's love. Yeah, isn't that kind of... And to be better than everybody else. It is kind of weird that uh, it was more of the the son. Yeah, the son has more of a change, more than the dad, who just kind of by uh, coincidence happens through all of these things and then ends up becoming the hero. But, I mean, you kind of get it, right? You kind of get that Arnold um, has to be the hero in his son's life. But it's not as clearly expressed as Jake Lloyd's character. Like, oh, my dad is a hero. I don't need a toy. He is my hero. You know, most kids, it's just like, no, I, I want a toy. Please give me the damn toy. I want I want a silver edition Buzz Lightyear. And I, you know, 20 years later, uh, 25 years later, I'm, I'm on eBay and I still can't find one. I, I think... Uh I think he 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 gave up the toy at the end, and then afterwards he regrets it, and he grows up uh, since he never had a Turbo Man to uh, just kill all the younglings. <laughs> well, yeah. but it didn't even help, right? Because uh, Sinbad still grew up to be Megamind, right? <laughs> oh, he's Megamind. I. I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of like that movie. <laughs> Megamind? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I watched it for the first time. Maybe Monday. It's a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, fellas. I think that's all she wrote 
for Jingle All The Way. Thanks for joining me, guys. And for everyone listening, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and bookmark our website at nickcagefight.com. We have at least one more review episode looking at a recent release featuring the man himself, Nicolas Cage. And you can expect that within the next few weeks. After that, we will be starting Season 3 of Late Night Cage Fight, where we continue the fight to battle Nick Cage movies in order, generally speaking. I can tell you that some of Cage's best movies will be appearing in this next season, and you will not want to miss it. Look us up on Facebook and let us know if you have any juicy Nick Cage news. Thank you, and goodbye.